You know what this process y'all are talking about is called sanctification. It's a it's a big old Bible word, but it's a lifelong process of God working on us. And I, the one thing that I want to share is this was super helpful for me when I was actively grappling with premarital sex as one way that I was trying to fill the void. Um, I remember finding Romans chapter seven. Um, and this thing resonating with me and just saying, okay, all right, I'm not alone. Um, Romans chapter seven, 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not the one really doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin and that and that sin is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? sin and death. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And chapter eight continues. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I want to share with you that it is the written and spoken word of God that frees us. You will note if you go back to that Genesis 1 chapter 1 verse 1 through 3, you'll see that it says the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep waters. It was hovering over the void. And then the next thing you see is he spoke, let there be light and the darkness dissipated. And then he began to speak all kinds of things that created a form and a beauty to this earth that we only now see a shadow of. And I want y'all to know God is still hovering over each and every one of us right now, over all our voided places, waiting to speak life and light and love. And I want you to know it's his word that does it. That's why Blair is waking up with a smile on her face because as she jumps into his word, let me tell y'all something. In the beginning, the word was God. The word was with God. The word is God. When we read his word, we literally invite the presence and person of Jesus Christ into our lives. When that centurion um, went to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, okay, I'm coming. He said, no, don't even bother. Just send your word. 
Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Jesus sent his word and that servant was healed at that very moment. Why? Because he sent a manifestation of himself. Y'all, I know we can't wrap our brains around this because we cannot send our word and it's a piece of us, but that's how good God is. The Bible says his word, when he speaks, it stands fast. It literally becomes a thing the moment it comes out of his mouth. And so as you get into his word, as you get into his word and, and and receive his word over your life, you are literally receiving the presence of Jesus Christ. And that is what fills the void, him living in you. So I want to encourage you. One of the things that I do is I write. I read the word of God and I write I write notes in the margin of my Bible. I underline it. I say what it means to me. I write because I recognize that not only is God's word transformative and it's him coming into my life, but that he also gave me the power over life and death in my words. He gave me that power that he has so that in my tongue, lives the power of life and death. So I now get to speak the promises that he's given me and the things that he said to me. And when I write them in my Bible or I write them in my journal, that's something interesting about me that maybe not everyone knows. If I write something, I can call it to memory almost exactly. I can close my eyes and see it. So when I begin to write the word of God or write things in my journal, that thing takes root in my life in a whole different way. And that is what keeps me on assignment. Jaden, you said it was like whiplash for you. It was like whiplash for me too. <laughs> I was like, God, what? I just got here. What are you doing? But my assignment is always what he says it is, not what I say it is. If he says stay, I stay. If he says go, I go. And the only way I can be clear about that is to interact with him and his word every single day of my life. And there's one word that I speak. Yes. Yes. You can feel me. Yes. It is your space. Yes. You take residence in my life. Yes, I'll go where you say. Yes, I'll say what you say. Yes, yes, yes to your will and to doing it your way. Yes. I just, I love how you came on here and you just preached. You said, I'm, I'm just going to hand them a little mini sermon and they this can thing, do with. This thing is in my shanana right now. It's like deep in my spirit and, and God is encouraging me and really um, just. It's filling me, y'all. It's filling me. And so it's my hope that everybody gets a feeling. There's nothing worse than walking around feeling empty. There's nothing worse. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of torment like nothing else because it's inside of you. You can't escape it. And that's why people are doing so many things to try to escape it. So it's my hope that everyone will just grab hold of this, of, of the word of God and just let it fill you up. I think the the mention of like escaping and like doing things to try to fill like the void like you were just talking about 
kind of ties back to the conversation we were having with Pastor Mitchell, I think a few weeks ago, we were talking about like escaping and how to like, how we do things to like distract ourselves from like the bigger issue at hand. And I think that, I think that really just, really just hit me like just now, like it's, it's a lot deeper than just, oh, I'm just going to do this to distract myself or, oh, I'm just going to do this because I don't really want to focus on this right now. I just need something to do. I feel something like something is missing, but I'm just, that's, that's, that's not my problem right now. It's like the, the things we're doing to distract ourselves and like make ourselves feel good is really just temporary because we haven't really found the big thing. We haven't found God yet. And I think that's just really important to focus on, especially with like distractions and just being aware of how you're filling your void pretty much, if that makes sense. Y'all, it's the escaping that we talked about last week. It's, 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 just not wanting, distracting yourself, the binging, filling, filling that emptiness that you, oh, my gosh. I just, I just got that. I was like, oh, my gosh. When she, when Ayana was like saying like stuff that distract us, I was like, that's filling the emptiness. That's the escaping that we talked about last week. Full circle moment. Sorry. I just had to say that. Real quick. I just wanted to add, um. It doesn't always like it might not be a bad thing that you're filling your void with. So that might, you know, confuse you. So it could be, you know, oh, I eat, you know, salads in my free times. I go on a run on my free time. But what you could do like while that while doing that is like, I guess, praying or like listening to a sermon while running or while, you know, eating, you know, whatever it is. Just um, my dad challenged my my siblings and I this week to fill our quiet time with God um, because we it's really rare that we have quiet time in my house, but when we do, um, I'll usually like watch a show or um, I might take a nap or I might listen to music. But um, I had um, my lunch period and during that I was just praying and just like um, trying to like hear hear God and what he was saying, what he wanted me to do. And um, I, when I go to bed, I just, before I get like really sleepy, I, I just pray and I just talk. Um, and it puts you at ease, like with your day, like your days can be really, really stressful, whether it be you had a lot of schoolwork, you had projects, um, things are going on in your family, whatever the case may be, just talking to him or reading his word, it puts you at ease, you know, whatever state you might be in. And it gives you joy and it makes you feel accomplished. Well, personally, it makes me feel accomplished because I'm like, okay, I, I did that. Go me. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my personal experience and just how the enemy is going to try to confuse you because it could be like a good show with like, you know, no bad words, you know, a good plot, you know, a good storyline and everything. But is that actually what you want to spend your time doing instead of, you know, reading God's word and him actually speaking to you so that you can, you know, reach other people. But yeah, that's, that's what I had to add. Okay. What I was going to say is I just think the verses you read in Romans were really powerful and Paul's actually one of my favorite characters, well, if you want to say it like that, in the Bible, because he's so real in every single one of the books that he wrote to different places. And I just think he's a great example for us to not, you can't always put on a show for everybody else. You have to be real, especially with yourself. And it makes it easier if you're real with others about what you're going through. 
you can't always pretend like you're okay and that because everybody sins and he was just never afraid to say that word his realness in that moment saved my life because I was I was literally telling God give up on me I'm never gonna get it because I thought other Christians just had it and I was like well I'm I'm a complete failure. And so reading that he was failing all the time too helped me to realize, oh, this is human. This is this is the journey and I'm I'm actually in I'm in good company being a complete failure. <laughs> um I actually had a question. Um was there an exact moment when you realized that only God could fill that void? It's happened um yeah, in my early 20s. I read a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and I decided to kiss dating goodbye the way the world kind of dates. And I decided to just get to know God and myself. And in that moment, I realized that I had been trying to, I'd been looking for love essentially in all the wrong places and that he was the only one can that could that could fill it. So that was the first time that I kind of realized that. Then, like I said, about three years into my marriage, I realized that I was still having the same issue because I had taken, I'd exchanged, I had changed what I was trying to fill it with, but that in in that moment when I asked God, what is it? Why do I still feel empty? And he said, it's me. It's me that you're missing. You're not building your life on me. That was another time that I experienced it. And then recently, just just 2017, before I took the position at uh, Tacoma Academy as chaplain, um, he showed me that, um, you know, he had told me five years previously that I would be the chaplain at Tacoma Academy. And for five years, it didn't happen. I applied twice and it just wouldn't happen. And what he showed me just before I took the job, just before it was offered to me, was that I had made his promise my idol. And it was the promise that I was stuck on and and steeped in rather than the promise giver. So he's he's reminded me of it because, like I said, it's a lifelong journey. So he has reminded me of it at different touch points in my life. And I think I finally got it and realized that this is a daily thing that I need to just really, really be cognizant of and give him my yes every single day. That was a great question, though. Um, okay, I just have one last question before we uh, like wrap up. But when you like started filling your God-shaped hole, like when you started filling that void with God, what are some things that you noticed around you that started to change? Like did your friendships, like certain people who told you they're not for you or certain things that habits that you had when he was like, oh, no, not this. We're going to change that. We're going to put this in. You know, start doing this. Like what are some of the shifts and changes that you start to notice around you and in yourself 100 percent an excellent question 